So what did Louisville do that was so bad that it necessitated in the eyes of the NCAA the first ever vacating of a national title? You've all been around long enough, I think, to see when seasons have to be vacated. UNC football, remember when those guys took money from agents while they were still playing for Butch Davis? Carolina had to go back in football and vacate those seasons or games in which ineligible players were used, right? They took money from an agent. You didn't know about it at the time. They played for you on the field in a Carolina uniform. And then later it's discovered those guys took money. Well, your eligibility is traced to the point where you started taking $10,000 plus in the case of some, you know, Marvin Austin, Greg Little, and others pulled into that. The point you took that much money, you were ineligible for every game you played after that point for the Tar Heels. And the way the rules work, even though the Tar Heels didn't find out about it until when everybody else found out about it, that is not getting you off the hook. The I didn't know excuse does not mean, oh, no problem here. If you knew Marvin Austin was ineligible and you played him, you get a penalty, but because you didn't know, you're off the hook. Doesn't work that way. Not in that context. So Carolina vacated those wins, vacated those seasons in football. It was one more reason to debunk the mythology of bigger schools, bigger coaches, bigger programs never get punished by the NCAA. UNC is one of the biggest brand names in all of college sports. There's a classic example. I'm aware of them getting off the hook in the AFAM scandal, but there's an example where UNC was punished. Why? Ineligible players were used. They had to vacate those seasons and those victories. More recently in college basketball, and again, I know everybody loves the theory, the NCAA only punishes the schools and the coaches where it's convenient. Anybody remember the old UNLV basketball coach's famous line? One of the greatest lines ever. I hate repeating it because it feeds a theory that the evidence does not support. It's been debunked over and over and over by me and a lot of other journalists. They only hit the small schools. Tarkanian's quote was, the NCAA got so mad at Kentucky one time, they just added two years of probation for Cleveland State. And I, I mean, it, it is a great line. It does reinforce the theory about how the NCAA is afraid of the bellwether programs, but will punish to the full extent of the law anyone that doesn't damage their brand, you know, the Cleveland states of the world. Well, when you look at the evidence, it's not really supporting that conspiracy theory. There is no time in my five decades of life where Americans have loved a conspiracy theory more than right now. I mean, in politics and sports and otherwise, it saddens me. It depresses me because of how often those theories are not only wrong, but if you're just willing to do a 60-second Google search, you can see how they've been debunked. Instead, people are taking rifles to solve the Pizzagate scandal when there was no such scandal in the first place. That person, I believe, still in prison because he was a conspiracy theorist without taking, you know, the 60 seconds to look for the real facts out there. That stuff is depressing. Along the lines of the NCAA's habits, whether you like them or not, keep in mind Larry Brown, Hall of Fame basketball coach, was suspended by the NCAA for something he was not even accused of knowing about at SMU. He got that suspension, even as the big brand name Hall of Fame coach, closer to home. There, if you made a list of the most lucrative, most successful, more fans packing the building in all of college basketball recently, Louisville and Syracuse would be on the short list. They make as much money 
as almost anybody in college basketball on an annual basis. We all know there are football-first schools, and they might make $100 million a year in football. The basketball numbers are not as huge, but schools like Duke and Carolina and Louisville and Syracuse and others, Kansas, etc., they make a ton of money in men's basketball. And whereas at some schools, football profits pay for everything else, sometimes in a 30-sport athletic department, at other schools, it's really the profits in men's basketball. So Syracuse and Louisville are two of the most prolific, most lucrative. They're both national championship programs. They both had Hall of Fame coaches, right, before Rick Pitino was fired at Louisville over these scandal-related issues. Who has been hit hard by the NCAA? Jim Beheim at Syracuse, and the Orange had to vacate victories. Rick Pitino doesn't even have a job anymore. And now Louisville is the first school that has to vacate a men's basketball national championship. Don't ignore evidence just because it doesn't fit your conspiracy theory. If the NCAA were truly intimidated, afraid of the big name, brand name, most financially successful programs, and you can just look it up, don't take my word for it, Look up the list. Most financially successful modern times college basketball programs. I promise you, you're going to find Louisville and Syracuse backed up by numbers that you don't need to hear from me. It's a fact. The NCAA hit Syracuse hard. Everybody remembers Jim Beheim's visits on this program. He's still mad at the NCAA. He was punished personally for things he didn't know about as one of his academic advisors was handing in papers for athletes that they didn't do, right? You can debate among yourselves whether that's fair or not, but the theory that the NCAA would never punish the big-name, brand-name, financially successful program, I mean, come on. At some point, when Larry Brown Hall of Famer gets hit hard and Jim Beheim Hall of Famer gets hit hard and Rick Pitino Hall of Famer gets hit hard and even loses his job and Louisville and Syracuse have to vacate seasons, and as of today and today's announcement by the NCAA that the Louisville appeal has been denied and they have to fulfill all of those sanctions – you got to back off your conspiracy theory, I think, at least if you want to be taken seriously by smart people. Don't ignore the evidence that doesn't fit your theory while clinging to whatever evidence does. That's not what fair-minded people do. That's not what successful people do. That's not what intelligent people do. Follow all of the evidence wherever it takes you. And what happened today with Louisville is one more reason to debunk the theory the NCAA is afraid of the big-name programs. Notre Dame is hopping mad as we speak because Notre Dame football got hit harder than they thought they would because of an assistant athletic trainer helping student-athletes in that sport years ago, they ended up being declared ineligible retroactively. And now on Brian Kelly's resume as the head coach at Notre Dame. Does it get much bigger brand name than that? On Brian Kelly's resume, because of something he had nothing to do with and no knowledge about. NCAA doesn't even accuse him of knowing. Not participating, not knowing. He wasn't even asleep at the wheel. This was a low-ranking student who happened to work with the athletic training department and happened to help football players in ways that were not allowed by NCAA rules. You can't do people's papers for them. You can tutor them. You can't do their work for them, right? This low-ranking person, Brian Kelly probably didn't even know the person existed, much less their name, is the one that has on his resume vacated seasons of football victories, no national championships in that context, because... Those athletes were deemed ineligible in retrospect. Nobody knew at the time. 
Only in retrospect were they deemed ineligible. Same thing is happening here with Louisville. And again, the NCAA clearly not afraid of Notre Dame, not afraid of Syracuse, not afraid of Louisville. This is about as big in a narrow sense as a sanction can be. 